Hello everyone and welcome to the Scott and Christian Show, a feature podcast where we remove our nerdy hats to have an open and honest discussion about very serious topics. What's up, dude? What's up, my brother? We're in the same room. Dude, we're in the Nerdy Boy studio. Right? It's been so long. Dude, it has been a very long time. Like, at least a year, right? Yeah. Since, since we, I mean, scheduling conflicts, we weren't living together anymore. You know, life got pretty hectic. So, yeah. we, we took really long breaks in between podcasts. And it, we just got, it, we just kind of got to the point where it was our adult life was just far too difficult to meet up. So we were just doing it on the phone most yeah. of the time. But this time I was pretty, uh, pretty excited, you know, to, to try and see if we could do it in person. Yeah. And we we're in the same room, but we are six feet apart. Six feet. I guess. Apart. Kind of. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. But we're not wearing masks. So that's Who stupid. cares? Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, as you can tell from the intro, this isn't a normal nerdy boys podcast. We're still nerdy boys. Yes, we are still the nerdy boys. Yeah. I mean, there's so much going on in the world right now. And, uh, you know, we're not just one dimensional people with single solitary interests. Um, and, uh, with everything going on with, um, you know, in regards to race relations, police brutality, protesting everything else in the united states right now we thought it'd be important to have an open conversation about this um so that's that's why we're here today yeah yeah it's uh it's gonna be pretty uh pretty deep it's gonna be in a very important conversation that we have and we hope that you guys stick to the end to listen to maybe you may benefit from a different point of view or maybe you learn something from this yeah. Um, you know, it's just we we kind of both agreed that, you know, th- this sort of topic is not the sort of thing that we can just ignore cuz usually we we will will stay away from political and social issues uh, you know, regarding our nerd podcast. And, you know, this just wasn't it's just not one of those things. It, it's 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 a thing where I my my personal opinion is you, you can't sit on the sidelines anymore. You can't sit on the fence. You you have to talk about it. it. It's not something that can be swept under the rug. Right. Well, and much like our conversation at the end of our last podcast about COVID-19, this isn't just like, this isn't really like that political as a topic. It's, this is life for a lot of people. So. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not exactly what you said. It's, it's everyday life for people. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very interesting conversation, to say the least. Yeah, so obviously this has all been uh, jump-started by the recent tragedy of a police officer kneeling on George Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, which doesn't matter who you are. You can't defend that. That's, that's just, I mean, yeah. Th- anybody who's listening to this who might think that that's okay, maybe you should tune out. <laughs> Because, yeah. um, unfortunately, 
if you, if you think if you honestly feel like that's okay, I feel one one I feel sorry for you. Um, and two, I think you really got to look at yourself in the mirror and decide what kind of person you want to be and what kind of world you want to live in. And I think it, it, it's really important that you have an honest conversation with yourself and self-reflect and, you know, attempt to make a change, uh, inwards because it's, it, it's not okay. What happened was not okay and should never happened. Right. It's, it's just, it's not that it's just not okay. It's actually despicable what happened yeah yeah yeah. it's a it's a it's a grossly heinous thing and you know i i I don't blame the civilians who are recording it not stepping in like what are they supposed to do honestly um and the the other cops obviously you know based on some new things that have come out one of them did say hey let's turn him over the cops said no you know but again that that doesn't mean much right no um so no because you're an officer of law and you're a civil servant uh, sworn to protect us uh, to protect uh, civilians and uh, you did the exact opposite you allowed uh, you know I won't even call him a man because that's not what he is um, you know I, a, a garbage uh, person that's really what he is right um, you allowed this garbage person to take and snuff out another person's life uh, be, what because over a, a fake $20 bill. Right. Well, even, I mean, you know, uh, it's just like, dude, it's like, <sighs> yeah. The, the problem with things like this is people end up arguing in circles because I, I don't know if people struggle to focus on the issue or what it is, because I really appreciate it because you posted something, you know, a couple of days or whatever after this happened. Yeah. And one of the things you said at the bottom of your post, which is something I appreciated is, you know, don't comment about, you know, riots and looting and whatever else, right? Which some people obviously want to talk about that, which is fine. There should be a conversation about that, but it's not pertinent to the conversation we need to have now. Like, yeah. it's a distraction from what's happening. Yeah, and, exactly. And, you know, I see people, because people have to go to extremes who defend rioting and looting. I, there's no defense for that. You should definitely condemn that. But you can understand it and... You can talk about it in a different context, but when you're talking about it in the context of what is happening, what happened is a man was murdered by the police, and this isn't the start of it. This is this is the last rock that fell that caused an avalanche because this has been happening for years, and not even like recent years. It's the only thing that's been happening in recent years is people have the ability to record the situation and shed light on it, um, and and I think it's even more important to um sh- you know share that it wasn't just a man it was a black man a black man in america uh you know something that is it, i can't even understand begin to understand what it's like to be a black man in america and it, it, it's been so trying and so like difficult to like deal with this like situation because, you know, obviously I listen. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm an Amazon delivery driver. Um, and I'm in the car all day, every day. And so I'm always listening to the radio and I'm always listening to, um, mainly like sports talk shows. And even like this has taken over like their airwaves 
and it's just like constantly talking about and you get a lot of callers calling in that are uh you know african-american callers and mm-hmm. um and and they share their life experience and it's just like it's so eye-opening it's like obviously you know racism exists and like you know that this stuff happens and it's just like but when it's like laid out to you in detail of like what people go through on the daily and what mental preparation that like a black man has to go through every single day. It's like mind boggling. It's, it's, it's so upsetting. It's like, it's like makes me angry too. Like it's just, yeah. And you know, obviously people try to discredit some of this stuff by showing videos of other black people saying, well, we have victim mentalities and things like that. And, and, and those people are the fringe they're they're not the the, like you can to listen to a lot of black men especially tell you stories about their interactions with the cop and Mm -hmm. it's the same story yeah like it's all the same story but you know as as a white person myself like you know i get nervous to be talking to police or pulled over but it's not because of the color of my skin just because i'm a weird person you know like cops can be intimidating in general but I'm never afraid I'm going to get murdered by the police. I'm right. never afraid that I'm going to get arrested for something I didn't do, you know? And like, um, I, I, I do wonder how much your experience has changed with people in the world now that, you know, you're, you're dating and have a baby with an African-American woman. Like, yeah. So uh, for our listeners who don't, didn't know that fact, uh, my, my significant other is, you know, a, a black what? woman and an African-American woman. Yeah. Um, and we recently have a child. So my, my child is half black as well, you know, and that's a, a major fear of mine. And this isn't just a, a, a thing, you know, just because we don't talk about it on the podcast or, you know, we don't talk about it that often. That was like a very big fear of mine, like leading into, um, you know, having my child, like I was messaging countless friends of mine who are black, uh, males and, I was asking them like, like, like asking them to explain to me, like, what is it like being a black man in America? And this is far way before any of this even happened. You know, I was trying to have these conversations, you know, trying to get in like a better understanding, you know, and like, I've had some really, really like intense, deep conversations. And like, it's just like frustrating to me that like, I just feel so ill-equipped to prepare my son for this, you know? And like, it's like really emotional. It's like thinking that like my son one day, like might have to face something like this, you know? Yeah. Well, even, even with that, like, uh, you know, I was talking to some friends and stuff, African-American friends, white friends, Asian friends, whatever. Like, you know, we had like a big zoom meeting and, um, you know, one of the things we're talking about was how important it is to, to educate your children growing up and everything. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, as a white person, like, you know, I, I've understood for a long time that black people have to speak to their kids, especially males. Um, like, hey, you might be treated this way by police one day, and it's because you're black, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, and I, and I, when I was I was saying this, and I said, you know, but it's also important for white people to have that same conversation with their kid and explain that that happens to people of color, and that they can help change that. Yeah. You know, dude, I, I've I've literally seen a video of there was a black man that was uh like on the ground 
the police were attempting to detain him. They all, there was at least like six squad cars like there. They're all standing behind their doors, gun drawn on him, like telling him to like get on the ground when he's already on the ground. So it's like when, when, when you're exerting your force in that way, what do you like as a bystander, you sit there and think like, he's already on the ground. Why do you guys still have your guns drawn on him? Like, like it almost makes you feel like, dude, this guy's about to fucking die. Yeah. For what though? For the color of his skin? Like, dude, it, it it's so embarrassing, mm-hmm. deplorable that our society isn't it isn't it sad though that you think about it? If somehow Martin Luther King came back and he's like, Hold on a minute, nothing has fucking changed. Why? Yeah. Well, and and, and and for those people, slavery happened so long ago. I don't have anything to do with it. It really it happened so long ago. A hop skip in your grand your grandparents ago. Really? Yeah. That was- that's super long ago. Or maybe not your grandparents, maybe your great grandparents. You're not that far removed as you think you are from right. the segregation times, from slavery times. This entire country was founded off of the back of slaves, dude. And for people to try to discredit or n- not acknowledge that, it, it, it's it's definitely a part of the problem, man. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, if people want to talk about, oh, slavery was a long time ago, that's a great place to start. Yeah, slavery was ended in 1865. And then what happened? Black people... Black people didn't have the right to vote for, well, actually, you know, sorry, black men had the right to vote after slavery, you know, but we, we as a country did everything in our power to make sure that they wouldn't succeed, yeah, that exactly. black people would never have power in this country. And, and the funny thing is, right, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it's just crazy how, how things, things are, how they are, you know, we've made some progress. But it's not enough progress, you know, like as far as what the conversation needs to focus on is is police brutality. Yeah. And criminal justice reform. Exactly. Systematic. Yeah. Oppression. Yeah. Because it because it exists. And then people will, of course, try to change the subject. Well, what about black on black crime? What about the? These are all things that are important discussions, but they're not pertinent to the conversation we need to have now. Right, I'm exactly. Sorry. That's just a diversion tactic. Socioeconomic issues, black on black crime. Uh, black people are more uh, likely to commit crimes proportionally to to the percentage of the population. You can say all that stuff you want, but you need to tell me why. If anybody gives you statistics about black people commit more crimes proportionally, black people are more likely to do this. Black people, are more, tell me why. And if your answer is because they're black, then you are a racist. Because black people are not born to be criminals. Black people are not born more likely to commit crimes. It's not because they grew up in a house without a father. I'm sorry, that's not why this happens. You need to, you, you can't just throw out statistics and say, look it, look at this. Oh, this is why the police are brutal to them. Like, there's a reason why. And, and it is, it has to do with how we treat black people in this country. How yeah. we allow them to live in poverty and, and everything else. People don't become criminals because they have a good life. I'm sorry, they don't. People don't become criminals because they're privileged. People become criminals because they feel they have no other choice. They steal 
because they want to feed their families. And disproportionately, look at the statistics. I'm not going to read them off for you guys. I'm sorry. It's not really our job to educate you. If you want to learn about this, you can educate yourself. The information is out there. Black people are disproportionately punished harsher than white people for committing the same exact crimes. Oh, yeah. Broken window laws were huge in New York. Broken window laws in the 90s. They were outlawed because of how discriminatory they were because black people were more likely to commit small crimes like breaking windows or vandalism or carrying marijuana or anything else. And they would put them in prison for things that white people would get tickets for. The crack epidemic is another example of just... And and the worst one is how many black people we put to death and put on death row in this country that were provably innocent. Yep. It happens all the time. And the Probably statistics the, are out one there. One of the most famous cases... Is and I and I do apologize because I just I seen it and I read the story behind it uh, just the other day. Oh man, I really wish I remembered this young man's name. Uh, the, I think it was the the very first um, case in America where they put a child to death. They uh, they used the electric chair to kill this young black man. He was like twelve or thirteen years old, and. And then after, I would say, 60 years or something, like I think it was like in the 90s, they proved that that kid was innocent. Isn't that crazy? Like, why is it? And it's not the only time it happens. It happens time and time and time again. Because, dude. I think about the, cent- the Central Park Five and things yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Like- the Central Park Five. Or yeah, and oh, so the the circumstances surrounding that young kid's uh, uh, um, incarceration, and then later uh, when he was sentenced to death, um, was the fact that he was um, there was a dead body found near the house. They had no eyewitnesses, nothing, and because this kid was black, and I think he knew the girl or something like that. They they charged him. They the entire jury was uh, made up of white people and they fucking settled them down the river pretty much, dude. And yeah. it's just like, and it happens time and time again, dude. It, the, the proof is in the pudding. Racial injustice exists. And I think we all need to say it loud till somebody hears us, man. It, it, it happens, dude. It, it's so, it's, to yeah. me, it's like the word, the only, the only phrase word I can, it's mind boggling. It's confusing. It's like, why, why does it happen? Yeah. I mean, and, and ultimately it's like the, the protests and everything else, uh, including looting and rioting is, is a way that we're hearing people's voices. And the message that I'm receiving is people are frustrated. People are angry. And the message I've received from, from my friends in the African-American community that I've spoken with personally is that they're just fucking tired. Like they're Dude. tired of this shit. Like, cause it, cause like, I one of one of Joby's my, one of my fiance's friends that you know as well used to play basketball in the gym. He's an African American guy, right? Okay, yeah. He's always a, he's always in a good mood. He's always cheerful. You know, yeah. like he has positive vibes. But you know, when I was talking to him, like he, he told me the story about uh, when he he grew up in Davis and uh, the co- cops pulled him over. He had like four cars behind him. They didn't walk up to his window. They just pulled their guns on him, told him to get out of the car and lay on the ground. It's pouring rain outside. They arrest him. And then 10 minutes later, after having him in handcuffs on the ground, they say, oh, we got the wrong person and let him go. Yeah. Like, that would never happen to me as a white person. You know, and like, it's like it, it, people who experience this every day 
how how can they be so like cheerful and positive? Like it's it's so crazy. You'd never know that exactly. they experience and like I've only like received like partial versions of that treatment. You know, and so you know exactly the story I'm about to say. Yeah. And I'm about to tell what a response to the person who was with me even said to you. Yeah. And it's like the thing that oh so all right. So um it was like so we were pulled over by the cops, right? We were just like walking at night and we're in Elk Grove, uh, California. Quiet ass neighborhood. Nothing goes on there. <laughs> historically racist <laughs> city though. Right, yeah. A historically racist city, by the way. Uh used to have uh known chapters of the KKK, by used the to way. Burn crosses on yep. football fields in yep. high school football games. Yep, exactly. Um so uh in case anybody didn't know, uh I am I am Mexican. Uh I am also white. Um, so it gets a little confusing, you know, white people usually generally look at me and like think I'm Mexican and then the opposite for Mexicans usually think I'm white. Um, but without, you know, that doesn't really matter anyways. So I'm walking with a a friend of mine and he, to give a description comparison to him, I look Mexican, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think this is just when I came back from Arizona too. And I was really like dark because I was like tanned. Yeah. And he looks like a pale fucking ghost. Yeah. He's like this, like six, four, like pale, like pale, like looks like a cotton swab. (laughs) Yeah. They used to call him Q-tip even dude. Like, come on now. And so I'm wearing like a black hoodie, some jeans. I'm pretty sure some Vans at that time. I'm pretty sure that was like my style back then. Skater boy. Yeah. Kind of like a skater boy a little bit, you know? And anyways, um, so a cop, so we're walking down the street. But what was he wearing? Yeah. He was wearing just like all black, like trench coat, like typical, no, no offense, dude, but like fucking like mass shooter type shit before the mass shooter like look was a thing yeah. um you know but hey i'm just saying i think he wanted to look like spike from buffy the vampire so. yeah he hella did he hella anyways anyways um sorry to get off the topic uh so we're pulled over right so the cop instantly turns his spotlight onto me right in my face i cannot see a fucking thing dude he starts to get out of his car and like was like directing me to like pretty much like put my hands up and like, he was like, uh, you know, asking me all these questions, dude. He was like, uh, like asking me to like, if I had any weapons or anything that could harm him. And like, I was telling him, no, I was like, no, we're just taking a walk. Like what's, what's the, like, what's the issue? Like I I kept asking him, like, you know, I can't see like, and I get migraines. I was like, I was like, that light is hurting, like hurting me. Like, can you turn it off? He wouldn't turn it off. And, uh, he asked me then to, which was humiliating, by the way, I'm so glad this didn't happen. Like in the middle of the day, dude, like it was humiliating that this happened. Uh, he asked me to, uh, cause I was wearing a hoodie. He's like, lift your hoodie so I can see your waistband and then do a 360. And I was like baffled. Nothing like this had ever happened to me before. I was really confused. I was like, why is he doing this? You know, like, what did I do? Like, I'm just like trying to think like, do we jaywalk or like even like something like stupid? I'm like, what's going on? Like, and he like, wouldn't tell me like, he didn't say anything. He was just like doing all this shit. And then like, after like, I proved that I didn't have a gun or a knife on me. He's just like, he said something about like how I matched the description of somebody. And then he got in his car, turned off his light and drove off. And it's just like, 
I've had a small taste, but even I consider myself lucky because I, I think about if I put myself in a black man's shoes in that situation, I'm on the ground and he has his gun fucking drawn on me. Well, even, you know, something small, like imagine if your last name was Ruiz or Gonzalez or, yeah. or Ramirez, like I'm, would they have treated you differently? More than likely. Yeah. Damn. And it's just like, dude, it, 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 it's just like, I was fucking scared, dude. When, when that happened, I, I was fucking terrified. Yeah. I was like, what, what? Like I was, I was confused. I didn't know what was happening. I had never been exposed to anything like that at that time. I'd like never like known that like cops had acted that way. You know, I was just like, what, what is going on? Like, this is like confusing. And, and, and then to turn out, uh, you know, with all the George Floyd stuff going on, this same friend, right. That had witnessed everything. Oh, Oh, well, let me tell you the, the most important thing about this entire story. Right. Is the cop did not once ask him a fucking question, dude. And that's what really, and it's important to know that this cop was white. And what really pisses me the fuck off, dude, is that he did not ask my friend, not one fucking question, another white male, but yet he's sitting there grilling me, humiliating me with his fucking light in my face, dude. I can't fucking see a thing. And I fucking suffer from fucking migraines and shit, which is not even like the most important part of the story. I was fucking legitly scared, dude. And I'm just like, and then come to find out, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, the murder of, uh, and, 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 and I, let me just a quick side point. I hate when people say the passing of George, George Floyd, because it makes it sound like, you know, I don't know. Like, I just don't like that. I rather put it in the raw context of what actually happened. Uh, the murder of George Floyd, because there's no question in my mind that was murder. Yeah. yeah. And we'll get more into how we feel about that a little bit later, but we're just kind of going with this story at the moment. Um, so, well, so, so, so it might be easier for Christian to say, it because this same quote unquote friend of mine, didn't he's never once told me this never once has he told me this and we have told this story many of times together and i think it's funny how uh since the uh the murder of george floyd a lot of uh you know facebook conversations have been had um you know and this this friend is very outspoken in certain ways that i definitely just don't agree with and and then Christian, as I actually come here today, he tells me this. Yeah. So, so I'll let Christian go. So uh, this friend was like, you know, messaging me all this shit because I, I don't know. He just likes to be a contrarian or argue or whatever. I don't know what it is. Um, but he started telling me about like, you know, he's the story with Scott. But he also told me about this other black friend who he had that, you know, they were stopped by a cop once and the cop didn't do anything toward the black guy. So because of. Some, some other reasons. So I'll just read what he wrote here. He said, as an ex-Marxist, near-anarchist, and ex-leftist, I actually do not only see one side, which he does. <laughs> but uh, he said, there was a time I would agree with you and Scott. I believe that black people are being targeted and oppressed. Then I looked into it. They're not. They get more media coverage, so it seems as though they are. 
Every time there is an issue between a white and black person, they instantly label it as racially motivated, even if it is not, or there is no indication of such. A white man and black man can be fighting because one of them fucked the other's girlfriend, and the media will say racist white man has sex with black man's girlfriend and gets knocked out. I used to try to argue points of blacks being oppressed and always got my ass handed to me in debate. Why? Because they're not oppressed, and there is far more evidence to support that claim than the claim that they are oppressed or there is systematic racism. I'll, I'll amend what he says. He says why, and then goes and gives some bullshit reason. The answer why is because he was not prepared for those arguments. People don't win and lose debates because they're right or wrong. People win and lose debates based on the amount of information they have to debate the topic. That is 100% the truth. Ben Shapiro is well known for winning debates and owning people, but it's because he prepares endlessly for these debates and questions. That's his whole life. So of course he's going to be more well prepared than someone who's just an activist showing up to ask a question. Anyway, I'll continue. Uh, so like I remember a time I was walking with Scott in Elk Grove by the old apartments. I don't know if he remembers this or not, but he and I were walking. A white cop stopped us. The cop left me alone but made Scott, who looks pretty white, especially back then, made him lift his shirt and spin in a slow circle. I thought it was a bit odd he targeted Scott. I was like, Scott ain't black. Sure, he's partly Mexican, but he don't look it. But it hit me with, like months later when I was walking with my black friend. Scott liked to dress a bit thuggy. Not super thuggy, but he sagged and wore baggy shirts and such. If you dress like a thug, you're gonna get stopped. A lot of black people dress a bit like thugs. Not all of them, but a lot of them, especially in the hood. My black friend did not dress thuggy. He never sagged and hated people who did. When he and I got stopped by a white cop, they were both very respectful to each other. My friend always got called things like Uncle Tom and Wanna Be White and Whitewash because he refused to believe that he was oppressed. He was well-spoken and very smart. He goes on, but I'm sorry. That is racist language. Yeah. To <laughs> to say you dress thuggy, to you look like a thug. Like, you can you can believe that if you want. And if you're dressed like a thug, you'll be stopped. But that's that's just, that's just the problem, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that the root of the problem? Yeah. If you look a certain way, you'll be stopped. And thugs, people who dress like thugs... What are they dressing like? They're dressing like people who are black. People who sag their pants. People who, you know, it's a, and why do pe black people sag their pants? It comes from prison culture, where black people are disproportionately sent. It's the root of the problem. And we live in a country that says it's okay to profile people because of that. It's okay to think that because you're dressing in a way that we have deemed wrong, because it's a way that black people dress, then you will be stopped. Yeah. That is the problem. And that's where the conversation needs to be had. And I have nothing to say to that. I'm not going to respond to someone who says things like that because to me, there's no way to have that conversation. And yeah, it's, exactly. And, and it's not my job to show him proof. He already, he says, there's no proof. I've looked into it. There's no proof of systematic racism, but there is. And, you know, if our sources contradict each other, well, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, he sent me videos of black people saying it doesn't exist and all this stuff. I don't care. You know, I'll listen to it. Like, you know, Candace Owens is the big one. Candace Owens is someone who, if you guys are not familiar with, is an African-American young woman who, you know, went on a rant about how black people, you know, uh, cater to the worst of their kind or the only race that does it. They take criminals and make them look like heroes when they die and this and that. And, you know, sometimes she brings up some good points. I'll, I'll give her that. But those are discussions we can have away from this. Uh, 
But then she says things that really reveal her internalized racism. Uh, and, and that's just the truth. And she goes on and hits every single talking point that Republicans have when it comes to African Americans and the justice system and everything else. And I 100% believe that she wants to run for office one day as a Republican. And, you know, she's like, why don't we talk about Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell and all these successful Republican black people? Why do we always talk about the thugs and the crim? That's she's hitting all the talking points. But yeah. but th- 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 I'm sorry. She she doesn't speak for the black community. You know who does? All the people out there right now on the streets t- protesting, speaking with white people, trying to help educate them, telling them we need your help to do this. Yeah. And sometimes they say things like we should abolish police that I don't agree with. But there's a start. There's a conversation to be had. Yeah. So I definitely think there needs to be a reform. Yeah. 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 I definitely think um, policies and procedures need to be looked over. I think the way they profile people needs to be completely changed. Um, And I can tell you exactly the process of getting into being a police officer. And this is in California. Keep in mind, this process is not as, 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 as extensive in other parts of the country. Some parts of the country, you only have to join the fucking police academy and you go through your interview process and I'm sure it's pretty lengthy. Uh, And then once you get into the academy, you do your six months and then you're pretty much on the force. So, but in California, it's a little bit more extensive, but even now thinking about it, it's not as extensive as it should be. It's really not, dude. It's really fucking not. You have to have an AA. It does not matter what subject it is does not matter they don't care they actually said i prefer that you don't do uh criminal justice because i feel that uh it it makes you more well-rounded as a person or something like that and um when it also benefits you so when you're done being uh, you know you retire from being a police officer you'll have something else to fall back on if 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 you don't want to just be retired um then you know there's a a a a series of polygraph tests and person interviews with like police chiefs and recruiters and drug tests and a lot of those things um, I won't pretend to know what can disqualify you, but knowing some of the cases that are out there and trust me, there are plenty of them. It's not just George Floyd. It, it does not start and end with George Floyd. Right. There is a long list and that's mildly putting it. There's a long list of names that we can even provably like show proof of. And isn't that sad and pathetic? Because if you really think about it, the days before camera phones, before social media, how many countless cases are there out there where police murdered a, a, a black man, a black woman or a black child? And got away with it because there wasn't such a thing as social media or camera phones and recording and and uploading on live and Facebook live and Mm -hmm. all that, all those things. Um, And, you know, 
but uh, to my point, uh, there, I'm, you know, there is proof that some of these police officers had priors or uh, had in, in the case of George Floyd, um, the officer that was kneeling on his neck and, and murdered him. He had what was it like 17 complaints? Yeah, he had a lot. I know it was more than 13. I, I might, I, I was either 13, 15, or 17. I remember it was an odd number, and I remember it was above 13. Uh, but it's like, how many complaints can, can one officer get before they're kicked off the force? I mean, did this guy have priors to being a police officer? Because I'm 100% sure, you know, there, there are police officers out there that do, and I think it should automatically disqualify. I don't think... So, and, and yes, people can change. People can be reformed. Yes, they can. But in certain positions, it should not be allowed. Well, with police especially, I mean, police... police uh, one of the things that is an issue in the United States is that police really protect their own like i think yeah you know even uh i don't know if you saw uh, dave Chappelle put out something yesterday um that's called 846 the amount of time he you know the cop was on george floyd's neck mm-hmm. um but it's like 30 minutes long and one of the things he was saying is is you know hey us as black people look what happened when one of us got killed look at what we're doing you know and so when with cops when one of them is attacked they feel like you know they have to do the same thing like they it's kind of like a clan mentality and that's the that's one of the issues within law enforcement is like you could commit heinous crimes as a police officer in Sacramento and then go get a job in Vacaville yeah like with, with, they'll just hire you yeah. you know like you just move departments quietly and nobody says a thing and th- that's an issue because bad cops should get kicked out. And there are good cops within the system that try to change things that try to go about it the right way. Even, um, Chappelle was talking about this as well. A black cop in LA who witnessed this, uh, white woman cop do something wrong. He reported her. He ended up getting fired. And then he tried every legal process to, to do the right thing. And then ended up writing a manifesto and killing a bunch of cops. But (laughs) you know, like the point is like he tried to do the right thing and he was ousted. And that's yeah. an issue. These are issues. Yeah. And and one, one of the other big things is cops largely are overworked. We give them everything we don't want to deal with in society. Dog running away down the street, call the cops. Homeless, call the cops. Why are cops being told to deal with homeless people? That's, that shouldn't be their job, right? We should get cops going back to the things they should be doing. And when you if you say defund the police and you mean that, like take money and put it towards other programs like mental health programs to help homeless people or uh, rehab facilitation for homeless people or whatever else. So cops don't have to continuously arrest them, book them, release them. And it just repeats the cycle. Like there are ways to take money from law enforcement and put it towards things that, that can help. And then the police have an easier job. They can get back to what they should be doing. But we entrust cops with literally everything we don't want to deal with they deal with the worst in society and a lot of them are stressed a lot of them are overworked they go to situations they don't know what the fuck is going on they're scared whatever but that would happen a lot less if we didn't rely on them for literally everything now of course there are really bad cops there are good cops unfortunately that takes away from the conversation we need to have you know the conversation needs to be about how do we fix the the fundamental systematic issues in our law enforcement, in our justice system, because criminal justice is another place in our courts 
where we disproportionately treat black people worse. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree uh, with that. Um, you know, and, and before I forget it, so there, there is a saying that's kind of going around now and it's not the exact saying, but you'll, you'll kind of get the picture, right? Mm -hmm. If, if, and, and, and it's the whole argument of, oh, not all cops are bad. Right. So if you have five bad cops out of 10, Mm Mm-hmm. And only two of the non-bad cops speak up against those five. You then have eight bad cops. We need more of cops standing up. And and, and I know it's a thing because I've heard it on the radio. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, either ex-police or, or current police that wouldn't even divulge what city they were in or what their name was because they were that scared of the repercussions. But they shed light. And, and, and things are becoming very more clear of how police are, are ran. And, and, and it's not right. It's not right at all. And um, one thing I think, and it is a, a bit of a slippery slope, but I think one thing that needs to happen, these uh, police unions need to be abolished, dude. I, I think they need to be taken down because that is one of the root of what is wrong. Yeah. Um, the reason... Uh, police aren't uh, just arrested on the spot is because they have the protection of the police union. Mm-hmm. And I don't pretend to know all the nuances or the ins and outs. Um, but even, even uh, I think it was either the commissioner or the chief of police uh, in Minnesota, even openly in an interview uh, was saying, wow, I was surprised that he was arrested that fast. Well, I mean, initially, the, the issue, they held this press conference and pretty much said, yeah, nothing's going to change, status quo. Like, right after th- this happened, they held, and it's like, of course people are going to fucking riot. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Yeah, I mean, I, so, so there's a couple things that kind of like happening, right? You have your peaceful protests that are happening across the country, and I personally my ideals align more with that. You know, I don't believe so much in the rioting and the looting or I, I don't necessarily disagree with rioting, but what I disagree with is like the looting and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's like where I kind of lie on it, but I understand being so angry to the point of rioting. Yeah. You know, Uh, unfortunately because of things like rioting and looting, like the message gets muddied or lost or, whatever and then that's what people want to talk about and there's a place for that conversation unfortunately it like i know it seems so related because they're a result of what happened and a result of the protests but it's completely unrelated in the way that we we won't get anything done if we try to have a conversation about how to fix these issues and you just bring up rioting and looting like because then all of a sudden we're talking about that which is fine that's a that's a good conversation to have but not in this context unfortunately that's just how it is like I, I think it's despicable to destroy people's businesses. And I don't like all these people saying, oh, well, re- property can be rebuilt, blah, blah, blah. It's not as bad as murdering someone. Yeah, but guess what? In riots, people get murdered too. So are you going to say that's not as bad? Because they're both murders. Like, 
two wrongs don't make a right. We all grow up learning that. It's it's not okay to murder someone in cold blood like the way that a black man was murdered by a white cop. That's despicable. It's also not okay to destroy people's businesses and steal their property. I don't care if it's Target and they're this rich corporation. You know who else? You know, you, tar Target as a company might not care, but you know who, who, who might need some counseling and therapy after watching that is the people working in those fucking stores, watching it happen, maybe being attacked. Like, this doesn't just affect corporations. It affects people yeah. on a human level. And, and and for me, that's not okay. And again, now we're distracted and I'm talking about this. But this isn't important when it comes to what needs to happen. And it's not just law enforcement and, and criminal justice. We need to change socially as well. Yeah. We need to change the way we react to people in general, the way we think about people. Because we, as a white person, I can tell you growing up, we joked about racism. We didn't experience it. We joked yeah. about it. It was a joke. It was funny. Well, you look at, you know, think like, about, okay, yeah, exactly. Talking about it. And racism is not funny. Right. And it's totally not funny. But you think about, I would say, 90% of comedians. What is their material on? Yeah. Racist. Like, the shit that they say is racist. And then they laugh it off. And, you know, it's just, it's very normalized. And, yeah, it's like, but you know what's not normal? A man dying under the pressure of another man's knee. Right. Where nowhere in nowhere can you find in a police handbook, training guide or anything that they teach you to kneel on somebody and put pressure on somebody's neck as means of detaining somebody. Yeah. This man multiple times said, I will not resist. Put me in the back of your car in the beginning of the video. George Floyd said I'm not resisting. They have one man on his neck. They have one man like on his on his legs, back, yeah. And one man on his legs. Three men holding one man down with uh, and I'm pretty sure he already had his handcuffs on, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he had handcuffs on. I'm pretty sure he already had handcuffs on. He posed no threat to them. And yet that monster cuz that's what let's make no mistake about it. That guy is a fucking monster. Yeah. Took his life. And is it just me? Or do you watch that video and look at that guy's face and not get the sense that he enjoyed doing that? Not only that, I, I've only seen bits of it and, because... And, and it's fucking disturbing, dude. I can't bring myself to watch the whole thing because I don't... I, like, it just would drain the soul out of me. But, yeah. like, the bit I've seen... Because I, I made a video, like, you know, with, with music I composed, like, showing you know different like protests and then there's like parts where it's very discordant and like the it beat the go the beat goes bub, 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 and it's like every every time that happens it's him kneeling on his neck and because it's like your heartbeat is faster you know yeah. like it's supposed to be symbolic i don't know i'm weird anyway uh but even that you can see him putting more pressure and like letting a little off and putting more pressure like he's he's doing it on purpose and and the thing is these things will continue to happen like cops will put their knee on people's necks even though they're not supposed to but like you know if someone's like super cracked out to like subdue them for like 10 seconds you know you can understand 10 seconds nine fucking minutes like like this is where these things like can make sense in 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 like small context but in in for nine there's no reason no reason to ever do that. And that's where you get into this issue. Like, police brutality is a real thing. Yeah. But how do we stop it? Like, how do we give cops the tools they need to do their job, but also to prevent them from, from killing people? 
Uh, I think it's it's there, there's it's a, it's a long list, man, and and it's not gonna happen overnight. But of course. Here's the thing, right? Is is there's no such thing as being perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But does that not mean that we should not strive for perfection? Yeah, I mean, we should always try there's, to do the best we can. There's not going to be such a thing as a, the perfect society, but should we not strive for better? Should we not strive as as humans to fight for all people's equality and rights, not just our own based off of the, the, the our skin color? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it, it in my opinion, if you're asking me, it starts with police reform. I think deeper levels of vetting needs to happen. I think there needs to be um, extensive and lengthy uh, background checks and social media checks uh, uh, to, to find certain behaviors from a police or, or potential candidates of being a police officer that need to get vetted out and weeded out mm-hmm. and let the good candidates stand on their merit. And I think an overhaul, an extreme overhaul of police procedures needs to happen. I think, um, the, uh, the police labor union needs to be disbanded. I don't feel that because you're an officer of the law does not give you a license to kill and you should not be protected for it. I think um, there needs to be a, I mean, the understatement of the year, it needs to be an overhaul of the criminal justice system. How many people, how many innocent men, how many innocent black men are, are either incarcerated or sitting on death row at the moment? I mean, the numbers are crazy. I mean, you think about it this way. Uh what, what, what's the name of the, um, I don't know his name, but everybody knows about it. Uh, it's the, the college Olympic swimmer who raped a woman. Oh, and, uh, and, Brock Turner. Yeah. Brock Turner. Uh, and it was proved that he raped her and he was given, he it's important to know he's a white man. He was given six months in jail and released on three for good behavior where you have people doing 20 year bids on fucking marijuana. Are you kidding? And people still have the, the gall, the, the, the stones to sit there and say that systematic oppression and, uh, racial injustice doesn't happen. Yeah. Anybody who says racism is like gone or whatever, like it's ridiculous to me. Like just look up, look up. I promise you, you'll find some crazy shit. Just look up the discrimination against Asian Americans when Trump was saying Chinese virus. Look it up. There's endless reports of, of Asian Americans being targeted yeah. by people attacked. Like we as a society have issues as a society. It's not just a police problem. It, it, you know, in this case, obviously that's the focus, but there's a social issue as well. There's a social issue to all of this, and, that, and that's where it just gets so I mean complex. Do I ever? Do I for one minute think? Racism can ever be snuffed out. No, no, it'll never be snuffed out. But what I said earlier, should we not strive for perfection? You may never read reach it. Right. But should you ever stop pushing for it? Of course not. You know, even like 
people will get upset about like changing terms or the language we use. You know, people are like, it's just words, right? But think, words matter, though. Think about, think about how we describe poor white neighborhoods. White trash. It's a joke. It's funny. You know, they're poor. They're poor white people. Think about how we describe poor black neighborhoods. High risk. At risk. Why? Is it because you're at risk if you go there of getting hit? murdered whatever the ghetto right the projects you know we we don't we don't use the same language to describe poor white because you know there's also a point go ahead but there is a point uh that i want to make about language that we use yeah yeah uh so we we know there's a class issue as well in the united states we we generally view poor people very poorly right we have a bad opinion of poor people as a country but we treat poor black people significantly worse than poor white people. Well, yeah, of course. So, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, talking about class issues and social issues and think about how we describe people when we're just talking like everyday normal conversations and we're trying to tell a story about something or a friend that you know and stuff. Don't you ever find it weird that we never, ever describe white people? Think about it. Think about it. I I don't know what made me think about this, but every other race is always described as if it plays some sort of importance into the story. You know, for instance, if I'm talking about Mark, you know, I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, my buddy, yeah, he's black, you know, and. And it's so casual how it just rolls out off the tongue and how it's just ingrained for us or, or my Mexican buddy Juan or, 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 and, and, and I'm not just saying the name. I act my friend. Mm-hmm. I actually know somebody named Juan. <laughs> I'm not just being an asshole uh, for our listeners out there listening, you know, but isn't it funny that I, if, you know, if I'm ever, describing you if i'm ever saying oh yeah this one time at comic-con me and my friend christian i would never just like yeah me and my white friend christian yeah well and something something indicative of that uh is even what you know our friend sent me when he mentioned the white cop because it is pertinent to that story that the cop was white you know like but if if it was a different story would he have said the cop was white you know like if it's not important Right. Like who knows? Like uh you know even when we've been talking about this I've been talking saying I've been talking to friends of color or whatever, you know, like because maybe I feel like it's important to clarify that in the context of this conversation, but yeah. Well, I think I think if it actually provides context to what is happening such as George Floyd being a black man murdered by a white cop, that provides important context. Yeah. But the casualness of how we describe people in everyday story like life or you're just telling a story or, you know, you're talking about a friend and why, why, why do we do that? It's so ingrained in us and that has to change. Yeah. We as a people have to change our, our preconceived notions of race. Yeah. And like how we view people. And to also not deny that race exists. Because to say that we're all one race, we're the human race, this and that, it denies something very real. Black people experience racism because they're black. Yeah. Like 
if if you say, well, you know, we're all one race, we're all one people, then why are we discriminating against people of different color? Like it exists. We should embrace our differences, not use them as a weapon against each other. Yeah, exactly. Just like white privilege. Sure, some people weaponize it, but what it is is it's not an attack on white people. It's just an acknowledgement. Yeah. An acknowledgement that we get away with certain things that other people don't because we have white skin. People exactly. treat us different. People like my fiance's Filipino, her family's Filipino. Filipino people, not not every, every single one of them, but a lot of them want to look white. They bleach their skin. They do things to to look more white. Like like it, it's just kind of I I don't understand it, but that's just how it is, you know. And I was even having a conversation with one Filipino person about what's going on right now, and they were saying, you know, like, well, well, we, you know, we came here and we're not treated that bad. And I and I tried to tell them like historically. We're called a melting pot as America, but we have not treated immigrants well. We don't treat right. the Irish well, and they're white. Like, like, look at our history. We do not treat immigrants well. We don't treat people well who are different than us. It's always happened. We've always forced people of color into poor neighborhoods, into projects, into places that, yeah. that, that have less. And that's just how it is. And then, you know, we, we also have knee-jerk extreme reactions to things as well and try to try to fix it, but we overdo it. Like... We as a country can't find a balance. Exactly. And and one of the thing, the term melting pot, would that not mean that the things that are thrown in there are then mixed together in an even proportion? Right. And yet there's no balance to the class system in America. That why is the overwhelming uh, majority of the wealthy in this country white? Do you, why is that? No. Because, I could tell you why. Because this country was founded off the back of immigrants, off of sl- off of black slaves, off of you know uh, just various cultures, and it, 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 oh, it's just like so annoying, dude. Yeah. Well, and then you have a lot of people that are just ignorant, and I don't mean that in like a negative way. Like it's okay to be ignorant, but not willfully ignorant. You know, like yeah. like I'm ignorant in a lot of things. I don't know a lot of things, but one thing I do know is how statistics work. And when people throw around statistics, I get very annoyed. Oh, this, this, this. <laughs> but you do not give me a reason for why those statistics exist. And, and then even people report wrong statistics, and I just don't get it. Like statistics is a good tool for a snapshot of something. But it doesn't inform much. And, and anybody who's taken a high-level statistics class knows that correlation, two things being related to each other, does not mean that one causes the other. You need to do extensive experiment research to prove causation. And people don't. They just say, oh, based on this study. Okay, a study is a snapshot. What does it mean? You, you can't interview 10 people from Sacramento, California, and nine of them say they hate black people and then say nine out of 10 Americans hate black people. One, number one, a sample size is way too small. Number two, you only did it in Sacramento. Number three, were they all white people? Were they white women? Were they black? Your sample size is very important. Where you like, I can go to a campus and see a beehive in a tree and then say all campus trees have beehives all across America. It's not true. It's it's like, stop it with your terrible lies, like just because you don't understand how statistics work and anecdotal evidence, personal experience. It doesn't mean much just because you have a black friend who's never experienced racism doesn't mean that it's not the norm because it is the norm. Listen to all the black voices right now telling you it's the norm. The three people that are successful that are telling you it doesn't happen and they can get out of it. They're not the norm. And yes, there are black people that go out looking to be victimized and aggrieved. They're not the norm either. 
Like, yeah. stop it. And stop comparing. Like, people love to compare. Oh, you know, this guy mur- was a mass murderer, white guy, and look, he just got arrested, and George Floyd got murdered for passing counterfeit money. Neither of those things are a death sentence. Like, it's th- we don't need to compare that. We can look at George Floyd as an individual. I don't give a fuck about his criminal history. I don't care if he murdered anybody. If he did, right. he didn't deserve to die. And, and, and isn't that a funny thing? Because that's like one of the big talking points, right? Is is uh, beforehand, this is probably, this, this movement of Black Lives Matter, of police brutality and, um, uh, you know, injustices happening, it feels different than before, right? Uh, because, you know, you think about how people react before, you know, people were like, well, what was he doing and stuff? And, you know, a black man was murdered by a cop. But why? You know, they would always finish it with a but something. What was as, he as doing? If, I, it, you know, what was he doing? And then it comes out that he had a criminal history, but he was a criminal. You know, as if that's some sort of descendant. Why do we normalize Cops killing civilians. Why is that such a normalized thing? Right. Well, and that needs to not be normalized. Yeah. Well, what you're what you're talking about is something called victim blaming, and it's uh, it's a very. Uh, tell me if this sounds you know uh, uh, familiar. Oh, you got raped. Well, what were you wearing? Yeah. What did you do? Did you lead them on? Yeah. Exactly. And uh, dude, it's just like. Yeah, I I, I, I I totally understand. Maybe I don't necessarily agree with it so much, but I totally understand where people want to abolish our current state of like policing and stuff, because it feels like it's so wrong that the only way to make it better is to destroy it and rebuild it. Well, there's a there's an example of that that happened in New Jersey years ago. Um, a department fired all the police officers, and the next day they rehired them and made them redo all their training and everything else. And not all of them made it. They 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 fundamentally changed their system and made a better community overnight by doing that. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that is the answer. And. So there, there's so many answers. There's so many solutions and so many things that everybody can do. Um, and, and that's kind of what I want to talk about at the moment it, it is what we could be doing as individuals. Um, you know, in, in your neighborhoods across America, protests are happening, peaceful protests. Not all of them are riots and all of them are turning into looting and stuff. If you hear about it and you want to make a difference, go out there and show your unity Show your black brothers and sisters that you stand with them, that they have an ally in all of this. And, and maybe I'm overstepping by saying this, but I want everyone to know that the nerdy boys are an ally of the black lives matter movement. There's no doubt about that. Right. Yeah, no, um, uh, definitely like the the movement, the organization Black Lives Matter also has some very good ideas, but has some fringe elements that I find personally to be uh, kind of concerning. But as a movement, yeah, Black Lives Matter is a, is a fantastic yeah. movement that that should be supported. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I don't pretend to know how their organization operates, but I'm more 
or less talking about the yeah. movement. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, we are an ally of Black Lives Matter. We care about our black brothers and sisters. We love you guys. You guys are important. Every single last one of you, every man, woman, and child, your life matters, and you're not another statistic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, even if you you know, don't feel comfortable going to protest. You're scared that you might get shot or by rubber bullets or your car might get broken into and, and stuff like that. There are other ways to support these causes, definitely charities and things like that. Um, if you feel that like posting on social media is helping, you can do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are like, you're just a social justice warrior. You're just using your keyboard and typing and stuff, but it's expressing your voice. It's, it's getting it out there that, you know, maybe it's, maybe you have just for instance, say I post something and I have the one black friend that he feels like he's completely alone, that he has nobody in this world, that he feels like the system is completely mounted against him. The police want to kill him and he doesn't have very many options in life, but then he sees the one person that he respects or cares about, or even just knows, doesn't he have to even have a high relationship with them, sees somebody talking out about these issues and showing their unity and showing that they care about him. That makes a difference. Yeah. So, so this whole thing of, of, um, this whole notion of, and it's a really big one in, um, you know, the sports world, the whole shut up and dribble. Oh God. Lord shut up and throw the football Kaepernick. Yeah. How is that working out for everyone now? Yeah. How is that working out everyone? Cause that's what I want to know. I, I think if people choose to stay silent, I don't see a problem with it necessarily. Like I, I I've seen like silence is complicity or whatever. Like, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like if I'm donating to charities and stuff, I'm not posting that on social media. I don't do it for you guys to be like, Oh, look at it. Yay. Like I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. I don't give a fuck if people think I'm racist because I don't post that. You don't know what I'm doing in my, just like with Kanye West, right? right. What's he saying? What's he saying? You don't donate $2 million. Like shut the fuck up. If he wants to not say anything, let him not say anything. And Dave Chappelle is another one. He said, you know, people are like, well, I should be saying stuff. And he's like, why am I going to talk and distract from what these great people are doing? Like, this is their movement. If I say something, I'm taken away from that. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's not always just about uh, talking either. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this especially goes out for pretty much the non-black community. Right. Anybody who isn't black, pretty mm-hmm. much. And, and, and more specifically, white people. Right. Is It is a paramount. It's so important right now. That we listen yep. and, and, and and not just listen to have the conversation, but truly understand what is being said. Listen to these people's life stories yep. and don't be so quick to, to throw your input in. Listen to what they have to say and truly understand what they are saying. Yeah. Listen, guys. It's the most important thing you can do. Yeah, is, is because we, we have to. Like, if you're on social media, you're not saying anything, and you're just listen, watching what people are posting, self-reflecting. Self-reflection is very important. Like, even, like, so even you and I, we both grew up in poor neighborhoods. Yeah. 
with a lot of uh, people of color, Mexican people, people from all different backgrounds. And, you know, we can say, oh, well, we're not racist. We have black friends, blah, blah. But I've had thoughts that are consistent with how racists think. Not because I'm racist, but because that's a society we grew up in. You know, we grew up thinking, you know, this about certain people. And I was raised not to be racist. You know, I, I grew up in, when I lived in Ohio, very poor neighborhood. My two best friends were black. They said the N-word. I said it one time in front of my mom. I got the shit beat out of me. You know? Like, I was raised to not be racist. We grew up very liberal, very, uh, you know, friends with black people. But that doesn't change the fact that we still grew up in a society that overall is racist. Yeah. And we're taught racist ideas that we don't necessarily think are racist. We're just like, oh, well, that's how black people are, you know? Mm. Which is racist. But, like, acknowledging that and acknowledging where you've gone wrong and self-reflecting, it, it you know, you, you learn that, wow, I can't believe I was ever like that. I can't believe I, I made, I had thoughts like that. I can't believe I've said the N-word. Like, I hear it now and I'm just like, Jesus. Like, it's yeah. grating to me. Like, anybody white who says the N-word, what do we say about them? Oh, well, they just want to be black, right? But yeah. even that's like, like, obviously they're being racist, but we shouldn't say, oh, they want to be black because who really, like, who honestly, as an adult can say, I wish I was black. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's, it's not a, it's not a thing, you know, and, and really listening is important because you need to understand. That's the, that's the thing, even with white privilege, people don't understand what that means. People think it's an Dude, attack. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me just interject right there and because I've been thinking about that a lot and I would be one of the people who was very ignorant when it came to that term of white privilege and somebody saying I have white privilege and I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. Right. right. Because again, we both grew up poor. We're like, we don't, we don't have privilege. Exactly. Like- and I mean, I grew up poor, man, like dude. And I know you did too. And there would be times where you know my mom just wasn't around because she was working mm-hmm. and she was a single parent both of us three, single parents yeah three kids doing her best to um you know provide for us and you know i never was that kid that had like the coolest sneakers or the coolest clothes or any of that i just had a good personality <laughs> you know <laughs> um you know and you know th- a lot of things you know, it's just there, there was just like a lot of things, you know, never had like all the food and stuff, never lived in the best neighborhoods. Uh, so when I used to, I used to be very ignorant and I used to take offense to people sitting there telling me I had white privilege cause I didn't understand what that meant. And it's not really till just now. I feel like people are explaining what that means. And it's very, very important to know what having white privilege means right because it's not necessary it's not talking about your social economic standing in the world that's not what they're talking about because i would be the one that like i don't have fucking white privilege fuck you you know Mm -hmm. like i fucking grew up poor and i've worked for every fucking thing that i've ever had in my life and i don't have a lot but you know i've fucking worked and i've worked with my hands and done back breaking work and stuff and i you know i've been through the same struggle as you and what an ignorant statement to say some shit like that you know and just not really understanding like what 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 was it meant when people say you have white privilege yeah well one of the things that really helped me understand it was 
the idea that I'll never walk into a room and be the only person that looks like me. Like, I'll never have to experience that. You know, like, I, I don't have to worry about going to a certain town or a certain area because of how people might treat me, you know? Like, and that's something that, that black people have to discuss. Like, oh, should I go to, to this? Especially in, in where we live in Northern California, there's a lot of very conservative areas. Oh, yeah. Like, people people of color are concerned sometimes going into certain neighborhoods because you don't know what could happen to you. Like, we, I've never had to think of that. We, You and I, we used to go for a fucking three-hour-long walks at night, two in the morning and shit. But if a black yeah. person's out at two in the morning, what's going to happen to them? We never worried about it. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, especially in Elk Grove. I mean, guaranteed they would have been pulled over at least once, you yeah. know, sitting there saying, hey, what are you doing out here? Well, we, you must be up to no good if you're out here yeah. at this time of night. We've talked about it. We're like, oh, shit, like, it's past, like, technical curfew. Like, we might get stopped or something. But we never, it never stopped us. Yeah, Cause, and, cause, and they've driven past us plenty yeah, of times. Yeah. So it's like, that's what white privilege is. Like, you know, uh, you know, think about black people as what they are, 12, 13% of the population. They constantly are surrounded by people that don't look like them, that don't think like them, that don't talk like them. And people that constantly are trying to change them to be more like us or to to dress different and act different. Like, we don't have to deal with that. Nobody's telling us we have to... We, we can't talk the way we talk. We can't wear the clothes we wear. Right. Don't sag your pants around here. Like, no one says that to us. White right. people who sag their pants, nobody says shit to them. Like, that's white privilege. And it's not like, it's not like, oh, you're white. Fuck you. Like, that's not what it means. Like, some black people might think that. But the, right. the, the majority saying white privilege just want you to understand that you you have privileges as a white person. Right. That aren't afforded to all races. You know, such as being treated with dignity and respect by police officers. Yeah. Because, best believe, other races are not, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're they're dehumanized and, you know, and strung out and embarrassed and, and it's humiliating. And yeah. it, it's just really something that if, if you are a person... And, you know, I can't really condemn people for saying it because I feel like up until now, I mean, just recently, maybe a year or so, maybe two, the term white privilege was never really explained. And and I think now we're breaking down walls and having conversations that need to be had, desperately needed to be had. And, and things like that are being defined and, and, and so people have a little bit better perspective and, and um, uh, you know, oh, I just realized too, I never finished what happened in that story earlier that um, I, I had said like uh, there's, there's the video of like a, a, a black man being or attempted to be detained by police officers mm-hmm. and they, he was on the ground and they all had their guns drawn on him. And this uh, white woman laid herself on top of him, knowing that they, because that she was white, they were not going to shoot her. They were not going to start firing their guns into this man. Mm-hmm. So she felt that it was her duty to use. That is the perfect example of white privilege wow what a way to tie that back into it awesome <laughs> i deserve a pat on the back anyways um yeah it, what a what a 
magnificent way to illustrate uh, white privilege, you know, and, and she used it to the best possible extent and, and, and save that man's life. Yeah. Well, and if you want to talk about this, this is a combination of both white privilege and the inherent racism discrimination in our country is like, think about like, even this might even affect you in the future. Like if you're, if your uh you know significant other is out with your baby and people think yeah. the baby is not dark enough to be her kid and they think she kidnapped it yeah that that happens to people like who dude. adopt kids and stuff like that Pe- people call the police on them dude oh my gosh so we usually do a keeping up with the nerdy boy segment mm-hmm. at the beginning of the podcast uh so i recently um moved into a new place right so mm-hmm. on our way she's in my car uh, with my son driving and she's, she's ahead of me. Um, she drives like a bat out of hell <laughs> and I'm in the U-Haul going a lot slower in the slow lane and she's maybe about five minutes ahead. She calls me to say something to me and, um, all of a sudden she's like, Oh my God, I'm getting pulled over. And let me tell you. That is probably the worst feeling I've ever had in my life, dude. Like my heart sunk into my chest, dude. And like, luckily when she went to go pull over the, you know, the police officer sped past her. So Mm. they weren't actually pulling her over. But for a minute, I fucking gassed that U-Haul dude to so I can search for her because I was so fucking terrified of what was about to happen if she got pulled over, you know, yeah. technically she, you know, um, you know, the car's registered in my name. Mm-hmm. It's like everything was going to be stacked against her in that situation. And then if they look in the backseat, see my son, he's definitely a lighter skinned bit, uh, like baby. Mm-hmm. And, the exact situation you just said whose baby is that that's not your baby you know yeah so then what then what happens then it's just like i was so scared and it just felt like that one little moment lasted a lifetime dude and i'll never be able to explain how i felt in that one moment to like the fullest extent but i never want to feel like that again yeah and it was fucking like terrifying as fuck, dude. And yeah, it just it sucked. Yeah, I mean, really fucking sucked. These are these are real life experiences, you know. And like, please uh, don't like look towards the mainstream media for all your great insights into this, guys. Because I mean, they show you what makes money for them. That's just kind of how it is, you know. Yeah. Um. So I think the best way you can do that is just start talking to people have those those difficult and uncomfortable conversations the one that makes your skin crawl a little bit and 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 makes you question who you are as a person and 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 the makes you question things that you've said and things that come to mind and stuff like that and 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 grow from there and let's all get united and there's so much more than you know um uh things that we could be doing too uh Probably the most important thing, and I've been guilty of, oh, my vote don't count. It doesn't matter. They'll they'll pass what they want to pass. 
but best believe, oh, it matters. Oh, does it matter? Yeah. Well, especially so much, especially on a local level and in Congress, um, like little things. Th- you know, you think about on a local level, you're voting for things that are gonna affect your neighborhood, your city, your state, mm-hmm. and those are the most important things that affect your life every day. You know, President Trump versus Joe Biden, they can only do so much, but they can do a lot more if you allow them to have their Congress. You know, like there, there are things that that we can do as a as a country. Like, I don't think voting will change everything entirely. No, but, but it's uh, it, it's, it's one step. It's a it's the notion that it's one step at a time, and I, and I truly believe that because, in in the prime example is, how does each law ever start? It, it, it happens in one place, and it goes from state to state to state. Happened with marijuana. Oh my God, what a radical idea! Like ten years ago. That, that, fuck that, we're not going to le- uh, legalize the devil's lettuce and all that garbage. The and, devil's lettuce. <laughs> or whatever the fuck they yeah, call it yeah, and yeah. shit, dude. And like, and all of a sudden it started with one place in Seattle and Colorado and all of a sudden California. And then once California did it, then the rest of the nation started jumping on board. And, mm-hmm. and I think something like the statistic is averaged at like, by 2023, 75% of the nation is going to be uh, legal, uh, legalized marijuana yeah. and stuff. So with that notion, right? So there's a point to me bringing this up. So with that notion, you think about it. It starts in one place, and your place could be the one place that started that. Mm-hmm. And you can take solace in that, and, and you can take gratification to know that you were a part of the change, that you made a difference yeah. and not just your life and somebody else's life too. And, 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 and cause I do kind of want to break it down, but I don't feel like, I feel like a lot of times my thoughts are so scattered that I feel like you might be a better person to kind of help explain because people are very often like under the assumption that president has all this power, right? Right. That, that they have like endless supply of power and it's the president is the one that makes everything happen. Can you help explain to us kind of the three branches of government and like how we get laws passed and how we can get them put on a ballot? Uh, I'm pretty sure you know that stuff, right? Uh, some of it. Well, as far as like things getting put on the ballot, it's a, it's more of a local thing. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, Federal law, federal bills, because there, there's, you know, obviously difference between state laws and yeah. federal laws. Um, federal laws are, are, you know, so you have you have your three branches of government. You know, anybody who's watched the old, like, School Rock or whatever shit, you know, like the bill yeah. then goes through the Houses of Congress. So, so uh, the president is the executive branch, right? Yep. They have to sign laws, uh, sign bills into law. Uh, but... They don't make the laws. Congress makes the laws. You have your House of Representatives and you have your uh, Senate, right? Mm -hmm. And so bills have to get like two-thirds or something, majority. Maybe it's just a majority, half a vote, 50% plus one of a vote in both houses to get passed through. Um, And laws cannot violate existing laws uh, that are set as presidents by the um, Supreme Court, which interprets the laws right so yes. supreme court interprets the laws one-third of government congress makes laws and the executive branch signs bills into law 
right? And they can veto them, send them back. So you have to change this, 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 whatever, and then I'll pass it. And there's lots of there's a lot of things that go into it. But um, the the president only has so much power. And like you know, all this shit that he's going through with Twitter right now, he has no power to change this. There, there's existing laws. There's a doctrine that was written in 1996 when the internet came out that says that a business is not responsible for what its user like a, a internet site is not responsible for what its users do. Because I'd be like, you say, fuck you, bitch, to me, and I sue Twitter. I can't right. do that because of the law, right? And so President Trump, who wants to say that they can't censor him, well, I'm sorry, that, that your First Amendment bullshit doesn't work there because they're their own private business. They have their rights as well. You agree to the terms of service, whatever. So that, like, a lot of people get the Constitution very uh, mixed up in the Bill of Rights and don't understand that your First Amendment rights, your Second Amendment, all those rights just mean that the government cannot infringe on them businesses can they can tell you what you can and can't say they can tell you you have to wear a mask to go into their store and you know and and it's really uh stupid because president trump is this big first amendment advocate because of you know hey churches should be able to open again because hey first amendment okay well (laughs) you don't understand the first amendment either president trump so Probably not. Uh, yeah. But uh, also, like, on a state and local level, like, we have our own Supreme Court. We have our own, um, you know, government structure uh, as a state that makes bills happen because of lobbyists, special interest groups bringing things up, uh, petitions, everything else. And, uh, you know, these special interest groups will lobby to uh, get, get uh, certain bills to try to have us vote on to make laws. And please... Don't get discouraged if, like, we try to pass some police reform and it fails. And it might fail next year. And it might fail the year after. Because people look at California. And if you're if you're listening and you don't live in California, we're not this great blue state. Okay? We have a lot of conservatives in this state. Marijuana failed to be legal three years in a row. Yep. Gay marriage failed to be legal two years in a row in yep. California. We voted as a state against these things. We're a blue state when it comes to presidency. We we overwhelmingly vote blue. But social issues take longer. Social issues take people you know changing their minds fundamentally. Do you know why? Go ahead. I I don't have fact for it, but mm-hmm. I largely believe because people don't vote. I well, think yeah, I think that's a lot true. of a lot of I think if there was extensive studies done, I feel like the reasons that a lot of these uh progressive uh, ideas get shot down so much it's because the non-progressive people are the ones that are voting against it and the progressive people they have great ideas and they talk about it a lot but they don't always show up to the ballots to vote for the actual issues yeah or for the actual candidates that they want well i mean it's something that we largely refer to as the silent majority the majority of people might be in favor of these things but they don't talk about it, they don't care, and they don't vote. Yeah. Whereas the fringes, people who are really against gay marriage and people who are really for it are the ones that are going to vote. Unfortunately, it takes a lot longer to change hearts and minds over time. So the people really against it are going to go out in mass and be like, fuck you for trying to change us. We can change on our own time. Don't force this shit on us. Which a little bit is understandable because when you try to force people to change, they will, they'll go hide in their corner and they'll refuse. But when you start building understanding, trying to change hearts and minds, that's where a lot of this starts. Unfortunately, we're in a place where black people are really tired of trying to change people's minds. Like, it's not their responsibility to educate all of us. 
you know, it helps if they will work with us and try to help us understand, but it's not their job and forcing them to continuously talk about all their shitty experiences and, and give us their perspective is kind of unfair to them too, because who wants to sit there and be like, yeah, it sucks. Like they don't want to complain. You know, a lot of them don't want to complain. They're just tired. Like this is their life. Some of them have accepted it. Others really want change, but there's a balance and it's our jobs as individuals to educate ourselves and to try to understand. It's, it's it's our job. Exactly what you said to educate ourselves, to uh, progress, to understand others and, um, and to influence change. It, 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 it's all up to us, uh, really. Um, so basically the, the main takeaway, right, is if there isn't already a petition started for uh, uh, an idea for a like a new law or something. Well, there, groups like uh, ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, Black Lives yeah. Matter, like these are special interest lobbyist groups that will petition with um lawmakers to make change like yeah. you'll you'll get things that will be you know even like one of the things obviously right now is defunding police abolishing police whatever like that's an idea some of the things that are on there are kind of non-starters that'll never happen nancy pelosi uh and like joe biden have kind of separated themselves from those ideas uh but it's a start you know there's a conversation to be started about you know what we can do and we as a people will ultimately decide whether we do that or not right so, um, yeah, I mean, joining various groups, petitioning, um, getting, get, get out there, get signatures on the petitions, even though sometimes, it, I mean, you, you oftentimes walk past people and ignore them, you know, the people who are out there g- gaining, uh, signatures on petitions for, uh, je- like usually it's usually like something to do with criminal justice and, and stuff like that. And. And a lot of times we, we ignore them, we walk past them, we don't acknowledge them, but those are people that are really affecting change. Um, and, you know, next time you see some of those people, ask them what they're petitioning for and, 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 and have a conversation with them because th- this might be the very thing that they're petitioning for. And then if that's something that interests you and that you would like to to help further that cause, then, then that's up to you, you know? And... Um, getting out there and voting, that's probably the, the single biggest thing that people need to understand that they have power as an American citizen to influence change through their vote. And I think somewhere along the lines, and I don't know where this exactly originated from or started, or if it was intended to pass down that way, but there's a huge movement and I've been a part of it where, we just feel our our vote doesn't matter anyways because you know government's gonna do what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, of course, a lot of people feel like that. But, um, but at the end of the day, it's it's just not true. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things where it's like, look at Gavin Newsom's decisions on coronavirus, and you can tell how influenced he is by wanting to be reelected, or something like that. Like because. Like he, he he does constant polling to see how people feel about what he's doing. And the reason why he shut us down the way he did is because a lot of people are afraid. And the reason why we're opening up now is because a lot of people want us to open up. More people are still afraid, but like our economy has to recover. We have to recover. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely like one of those things where it's like, 
it's easy to feel like your vote doesn't count. But at the same time, if you feel like your vote doesn't count, don't want to vote, call your call your district attorney. Call your local Congress people. That's another way to make a difference. Show up to city hall meetings and question these elected officials yeah. who are so, who are, are at the end of the day, you know, the word politician is put on a pedestal, but they are civil servants. They are here to serve the people of, of, of mm-hmm. our country. Which- and oftentimes they fall so far short of that. And are not held responsible for it. Right. And, and you I hold think them responsible that, by voting them out. Exactly. Exactly. These people, we want to influence change. Look at the people who have been in office for 30, 40, 50 years. And you have to start questioning. You've been in, in office for so long, yet these things are not changing. And it's the same across most things. Why do you think becoming like a a top line politician is is so hard to do because they already have their core group of people that they, well, they also have money, (laughs) uh, which a lot of new newcomers don't have. So I'm not saying everyone should just become a politician. What I'm saying is we need to vote out the politicians that are already there because obviously they're not making a fucking difference, dude. And yes, that doesn't stand for all of them. Yeah. There are ones that, you know, do, the right thing and you know they they fight for equality and fight for justice for all and you know well you know they fight for the nation's creed ultimately that doesn't hold true at all yeah but you know ultimately it's it's us as a people we get complicit we get we get used to the way things are and we move on and that's kind of like how long until the George Floyd story goes away and people are just tired of it and done and we move on and continue on with the same shit we've been going through. How long until someone else, another black man is murdered by a white cop and then we're back at it. Like things, things like this isn't the first time. This isn't the first time a black person has been killed, you know, but this was the perfect storm because we're all locked inside. We're all frustrated already. And then this happens I mean, you can think about, you know, the black man who was shot in the back in South Carolina and that was lost. That was lost in the shuffle. People knew about it, but nobody had time to really connect with it because of everything else happening in the world at the time. And, you know, I did a lot of research on that and like just learning about how great of a guy he was. It really like that shit pissed me off, but you you can't really do anything about it because everyone just kind of moves past it because there's so much going on in our daily lives. But yeah, now, and then and then people get so riled up when when a new event does happen, and then they keep the energy for a week, maybe two, maybe three. Th- I feel like, and then they lose interest. We move on, and then the next victim happens, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's a deplorable, just disgusting, vicious cycle that we're stuck in. And I think I think now more than ever, it it really does feel different, like. Yeah. Right now we have, we have a window of opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, in, in, in the sports world, uh, when a team is at their top peak performance, they usually refer to that as their championship window. What that means is it's their, their, their couple years window that they have the opportunity to compete for a championship. So right now, feels like our championship window to affect change 
to really make a difference and make humongous strides in equality for everyone. You know, and it, it, the time is here and I just hope we don't squander it and wait for the next tragedy to happen before people start doing something. And and like I said, it, it does feel different. It really feels much different this time more than it ever has. Yeah. I think in my lifetime, at least, I think the reason for that is because like you look at like Ahmed Aubrey, I don't know if I'm saying Breonna that right. Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Those happened like either at the very beginning of lockdown or just before right. where we're all still living our lives. This happened while we're all locked up, can't socialize, can't see our friends, can't go to work, might lose our house, might lose our job. We're already all frustrated and pissed off. And that's why you see this mobilization. And please, people, stop using fucking facetious garbage uh, fallacious arguments online about oh yeah you can go protest with guns about opening the about because you can't get a haircut but now y'all you know, you're gonna condemn all these pro- shut up both protests are warranted I don't care like people who want their businesses to reopen uh, because they're losing their their fucking houses have every right to protest just like these people have their rights to protest everyone has a right to protest I hate seeing people comparing these things like right, it's fucking yeah. stop it focus on the main important fucking shit, which is what we're trying to do here. You know, like these conversations that need to be had, no one gives a fuck. Oh, you protested with a gun cause you wanted a haircut. No, they protested with a fucking gun and got cited for not social distancing, got arrested for not social distancing or wearing masks. What's happened at these protests? No one's getting cited or fucking arrested for not social distancing or wearing masks. They're getting fucking shot with rubber bolts and arrested for being black. Like both yeah. are wrong. But uh, anyway, sorry. I hate yeah. when people try to compare things like this. Like, they're they're not the same. Like, why why are you gonna say these people don't have a right, but these people do? Like, what? Right. Yeah. <sighs> Just stop. Yeah. It, but, I mean, it's yeah. Social media for me is kind of a cesspool of like uninformed people who have very extreme positions on things, which right, yeah. which is fine. Like, they're allowed to have those positions, but. Uh, like when you're trying to have a real conversation about how to make actual change, it's not good to just use bad arguments. Right. Like, I don't know, but yeah. Um, so what were we talking about? Um, uh, we're talking about like how this is perfect storm. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. For I this mean, change. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it is. And it, it's, it's sad. I mean, it's such a horrific tragedy that it even had to come to this, right? You know, and mm-hmm. it's just now's the time, guys. If you guys feel empowered to to do something to make a difference, and and there's we've already listed many things, so get out there and protest. If if you have the means to donate money to an organization that you believe in, mm-hmm. not just an organization because. That's what the one everyone talks about. Do it in one that you personally have looked into and you believe in that they're going to allocate the money correctly. Yeah. One of them uh, that I that I donated to that I saw um, was one. I don't know if Colin Kaepernick started it or was just he donated a lot of money to it. Was it Know Your Rights Camp? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his. Yeah. So, um you know, and obviously people want to argue about the NFL and need to apologize to Kaepernick and all this stuff, which, you know, have at it. Do you say well, what you I want? Well, I mean, but, um, yeah, I mean, 
that that I mean that's a completely it it it's related but it is it's a different conversation. Yeah, it's one of those you know? things where like a lot that's of not the conversation. The conversation right now is police brutality um you know um yeah. oppression I think and uh um I can't yeah, criminal justice yeah, reform sorry. and yes, I'm, I just had a complete mind blank right there. Social reform, yeah. Th- this is these are the things we need to focus on because people love to argue online like all about all these organizations with their statements. Oh, they're just virtual signaling. And, they don't mean and, it. And, and, and don't it. And, like, and don't get me wrong, the conversations about Colin Kaepernick need to happen. Yeah, they're important too, but they're not necessarily. But have pertinent. that conversation in the context of that conversation. Yeah, like. This conversation is separate from that one. Right. Because yeah. that is a big deal that needs to be addressed. Just because we're saying uh, it, you know, th- it's a separate conversation. We're not saying it's not important. Right. Yeah. I well, just don't want that to get confused. A lot of people. these other conversations are important, but and in also, the context and of also their need own. to happen. Yeah. You know, but this one needs to happen. And this is what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, just because, you know, companies are coming out with statements related to the protest doesn't mean those statements are related to what needs to happen. Like, because they, they just cause other arguments that are unrelated, really. Like, why is it related to this movement that, oh, they don't prove what they're saying? Like, oh, whatever. Like, For instance, the best way to, to talk, to explain this to anybody that, that may have a little bit of confusion is the whole uh, thing about um, police brutality against, uh, you know, black people. And then somebody like Ben Shapiro talks about, well, how come uh, nobody cares when there's black on black crime? That is an important issue that we and everyone needs to talk about, but that's a separate issue. And why are you even bringing it up in response to this? And and they're so different because the only way to make actual change for the whole country when it comes to uh, police reform and everything else is white people have to be willing to help. Exactly. Because black people can't get that done on their own. So that's so basically the the I would say maybe six to ten main points you need to take away from this podcast. White people. Listen. We <laughs> one, you need to listen. Two, you need to speak out against these in, injustice that are happening all the time, every day that are happening. Um what was I supposed to say? Fuck, dude! I hell just forgot. Vote, vote. Call uh, your call your d- district attorneys, your local congress people, yep. your governor, your mayor, especially that idiot fucking Mayor Steinberg. Call oh, him and Lord. cuss him out or something. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, get out there, demonstrate peacefully if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, donate to charities yep, that you believe to charities. in that help uh underprivileged people, children, you know, whatever else. Um, yeah, just have the difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just, just, not just with people of color, not just with your white friends, with your family. Yeah. You know, like you might, you might have racist parents, you know, you love them. It's fine, mm-hmm. but it does mean you shouldn't talk to them and try to help them understand. Uh, more takeaways, um, responses like all lives matter is not an appropriate response to somebody saying black lives matter. 
Let, let, let's just get that straight. That's just not an appropriate response. Again, it's a context thing. With no context, of course, all lives matter. Nobody's saying that. Uh, in the context of Black Lives Matter, it means Black Lives Matter equally because we've treated African Americans and people of color as if their lives mean less, which they don't. They mean the same. They're just they're people just like you and me. We all deserve the same rights, but we treat black people as if they don't deserve it, mm-hmm. as if they're expendable. That's why it's a thing. So, again, you might not understand why all lives matter means, you know, it, it's an uh, insult. But now you another takeaway would be that uh, white privilege does not pertain to your social economic standing in this world. Um, that it has more to do with uh, privileges that you're given that other races are not, <laughs> you know, such as dignity and respect by police disproportionately, mm-hmm. things like that, you know, when it comes to the criminal justice system, people have white privilege, um, you know, it's just, just things that are true and, and you can use your white privilege. <laughs> mm-hmm. To affect change. It's true. Another takeaway is, of course, not all police are bad, but they work in a system that is, Um, you know, and I'm I'm someone who who supports law enforcement and Mm -hmm. supports Black Lives Matter. And some of you might hear that and say, wow, you're a racist because you support law enforcement anyway whatsoever. But, hey, I, I believe that we need law enforcement in this country, but the system needs to be completely redone. Oh, yeah. To benefit because... Yeah, I don't know. You can say what you want about me, but yeah, that's another takeaway is that not all, not all police are bad, we know, but again, in the context of this, it doesn't matter cuz the system isn't right. Right, yeah, cuz the system is broken. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to um talk about pertaining to this? Not not really. Um it's just please Try to stay focused. Like I, I would strongly encourage everyone to not argue on social media because it's kind of not worth it. But you know, in terms of a discussion, have open discussions with your friends and family and everyone else. Um, but you know, try to stay on topic. Don't let these distractions come in about this or that. Like, yeah, focus. And on I know you might have been listening to this podcast and you're like, holy shit. These guys trying to say stay on on topic. Yeah, we get off topic a lot, yeah. but it's that's that's because it's so easy to. But we always come back, right, you know. Yeah. We're always coming back to the main point. And another thing that people will want to talk about that'll distract you is white guilt. You might listen to us and think we have white guilt. I'm not guilty for being white, and I'm not proud of being white. Like I don't understand racial pride. I never understood that. I'm proud to be. white. I never got that. But hey, if some people are whatever. I don't think it makes you racist, but whatever. I, I, I'm just. I'm a white person who understands I have privilege, who understands that things need to change, but I don't go around like being like apologizing to black people for having privilege or apologizing to, to people because I'm like, I don't have guilt. I'm just white. I was born this way. I have a small dick too, but I don't feel guilty about that. Cause my lady likes, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like again, that, that, that went sideways. Yeah. I wasn't expecting again. Like people will try to make these arguments. Oh, well, you're just a guilty white person. That's why you said everything you said. Okay. Even if I am, does that change what needs to happen? No, it doesn't. So again, um, that's, that's the important thing. We need to change our system. We need to have it more equitable. Um, and we need to really start with understanding, uh, appreciating and, um, 
empathizing with other people. Right. And, um, uh, so it's really in its infancy stages at the moment. Um, but a friend of mine, uh, Dennis is attempting to like create his own organization and, uh, like invited me to be a part of it, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Um, the, so like the title is kind of trollish, right? His reason behind making it, but you know, it's, it's like a, a an anagram, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like abbreviations of what it stands for. It's an anagram, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, so it, it's literally what? like w a t not like w h t or w h a t it's w a t and so like it's kind of funny like he's explaining to me like he's uh you know it's like because it's like you know if, if, if you get counter protesters or stuff you could just you know and they're like sitting there screaming things like all lives matter blah 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 you could just yell out what mm-hmm. you know just like to mess with them because he's a very trollish person but the meaning behind the organization is actually pretty pretty like empowering i feel like and and maybe i don't necessarily agree with like the name and stuff like that uh but it's it's walking and talking Hmm. that's what it stands for it's we walk so we can be heard and we or no sorry we walk so we can be seen and we talk so we can be heard uh through like conversations um we can uh like I forget like the exact mission statement, but um, basically create more like understanding, uh, transparency, and 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 like like unite kind of communities, and it can be like a banner that anybody can be a part of kind of thing. And like I said, it's very much in its like infancy stages and stuff. And uh, I'm pretty excited to see like where it goes. If it doesn't, then I'll probably probably try to create my own Uh, because it's like I feel so strongly about like what's going on. And and I and the one the most important thing that I can say that you guys should take away from this podcast is don't lose your energy on this subject. Don't let this subject fade into the night and something else happens um be proactive and try to try to do your best to make a difference um because we were talking because uh dennis knows some uh um city hall council members and stuff Mm -hmm. and so we're talking about seeing if we can get like a like an open forum and stuff to talk with city council and, you know, yeah, try to, try to find some solutions. Although, you know, I'm sure they're working pretty tirelessly to try to do that now themselves. But I definitely think in this sort of uh, circumstances, the public should very much be involved with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Something else I'll add to is like, if you see like a black person, don't just try to strike up this conversation with them. Like I, it might be good intentioned as a way to try to learn and understand, but like they're not just like public sounding boards for you, you know, like I, like I'll go to, so I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I have a gym at my work. So I'll go to the gym after, after I'm off work. And there's one of the guys who like cleans up and stuff and he'll be in there working out on his like break. He's a black guy, but I don't feel like 
you know, I should be talking to him being like, Oh, what do you think of the protest? What do you think of it? Like, because I don't think that's his job to tell me those things, you know? Well, no, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, I mean, it did, it really depends on your own personal comfort level. To be honest, like if you feel comfortable talking to strangers about stuff, yeah, I think you should, uh, um, if they're willing to, though. yeah. It, yeah. If they're willing to don't ever force, force, you know, somebody into talking about something that they don't want to talk about. Obviously. Right. That's pretty simple. Like, rules <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah and uh yeah i just think uh i don't me personally i don't think there's anything wrong with it but i do think that there's a way you approach it for sure yeah i i guess the uh, the setting and the context are important too like you yeah. know if you're walking through a grocery store and you just see someone like you shouldn't be like hey you you know like yeah at least to me but like if you're like at the gym or like, no like or basketball court or something no no know? i definitely think even i don't think it necessarily matters the setting i just think it matters how you preface like trying to talk to them mm-hmm. you know i think what matters more is like you know you know you could just preface it like you know i don't have a lot of people i can talk to about this and you know i, I just you know with everything going on like you know just like try to have a conversation if they say they don't have time bro you know thanks for for the time you know mm-hmm. Have a great day. Yeah. Well, like, or, or however you want to preface, you know, everyone has a different way of prefacing something like that. However you feel comfortable prefacing it. I just think like you can approach people. I think we have this like weird idea that just because they're a stranger doesn't mean like we can't not talk. To yeah. Them. No, I just mean like, uh, like if someone's like shopping, like I feel like you're like inconveniencing them, like just trying to like mm. interrupt what they're doing. Whereas, like, if you're in a setting where there's going to be conversation, like, if you're, like, at a basketball court or something, like, you guys talk, you know? Right. Or, like, you're, like, even at the gym, like, people talk, like, to each other. Like, so, I guess my example wasn't very good because, like, we're just chilling there. And we have, like, had small conversation. But, like, yeah, at the same time, yeah. so, you know. But, yeah, no, it's definitely on yours and the other person's comfort level, too. Like, I feel yeah. like you... No, like, you know, no offense. I just don't feel like you would be the kind of person that would just like strike up somebody randomly. Right. Like, I feel like you would do more of somebody that you already know mm-hmm. or not like super personally, you know, but like you have some sort of you've had some sort of interaction with that person. Right. Well, even then, like, I don't know if I would necessarily like try to strike up a conversation because yeah. like, I don't know, I, I have weird things in my mind about like, I feel like I'm bothering someone or like, yeah. that's my own personal issue, you know, so. Yeah, but uh, I would definitely agree with don't ever force the conversation. Like, if you can tell they're uncomfortable having it, or if you can tell, like, or they even say, like, I don't have time, like, you shouldn't be like, oh, wow, dude, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you know? of course, of course. Yeah, that'd be, like, really rude, kind of disrespectful, so. Yeah. Yeah. You should you just approach things in general with an open mind. Like, try to yeah. try to understand other people's perspectives and not dismiss them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just because you have a preconceived notion of something doesn't mean like when you have these these conversations too, you guys have to go in with an open mind. Yeah. You know, you can't go like holding on to your guns pretty much, you know, and and, you know, if you have the open uh, mind and open heart, you open yourself up to change and like you open yourself up to understanding somebody better and you open yourself up to just having just an overall better conversation i feel yeah whereas if you already have these strong ideas 
like, you know, Sean does, I feel like maybe his conversations wouldn't be as productive as mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he also says things like, oh, well, you know, I, I listen to all sides and I do this and this. It's like, dude, you, you, you literally listen to people on a far right. Like, yeah, ex- you, like you, you, you may, I think he, I think he confuses uh, talking to people on sides as to um, listening to people who look different. Yeah. Like think about it though. Cause like the things and languages that he says, he's like, well, I could point out plenty of, uh, you know, black people who say this, this, and this, but okay. Those are already people who align themselves with the same ideals that you align yourself right. with. Like, so you're not opening yourself to some greater sort of conversation or understanding. You're pretty much having a conversation yeah. with yourself. You're trying to prove you're right, not yeah, exactly. understand the other side and, and be open to it because like he'll be like, oh yeah, I'm open to the other side, but people can't prove this. Like, dude, that's the worst way to have any argument is like, is to argue things that are unprovable. Right. Like that you've already lost. Yeah. And like, I- I'm sorry, dude, y- you, you, you use, you listen to people who practice arguing for a living. Jordan yeah. Peterson, Ben Shapiro. These are people that are very well-informed people, very educated people, but they have their opinions and they they know how to argue them. Whereas the people that they're arguing with don't prepare for that. Like, they, they just don't. They don't sit there and say, what are they going to say when I say this? If they say this, I'll say this. If they say it, that's what those people do. Right, yeah. They'll say, I'm going to say this. And they can have one, two, or three responses. Mm-hmm. And to response one, I will say this. To response two, I will say this. And to response three, I will say this. Yep. And most people do not think that far ahead. And they win. They win arguments because they they prepare. They know how to appeal to other people's sense of logic, sense of ethics, or sense of emotion. Yep. And that's how they win arguments. It's not because they know everything. And, and they not only that, but they know how to manipulate contr- people. Yeah, manipulate and control the flow of a conversation back into their favor. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just go into responses one, two, and three. So then it goes. It branches down into. Okay, response one, I gave my response to that number one. Now they can have three more responses. And then how do I loop it back around to my original response? So then it makes it look like what they said only can prove my original point. So it basically goes down a little ladder and then loops back around. And then same thing with avenue number two. It's going to loop back around eventually. They understand and they are a master of their crafts. That's what it is. Right. It's not that they're necessarily right mm-hmm. or wrong. It says they're very good at debating. Yeah. <laughs> and they understand the the basic principles of it and they understand how to do it. Right. And they also understand how to manipulate statistics. Yep. <laughs> and so, yep. yeah. But anyway, guys, that's going to wrap up our conversation. Yep. If uh, you think we should stay in our lane and only talk about nerdy shit, uh, please don't listen to us anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's no more such thing as, you know, shut up and dribble the ball. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, we oh. will talk about nerdy stuff again, but we'll oh, yeah. also do more of these yeah. uh, when we feel like it's important to do so. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, um, if you guys do want to reach out and engage us, in um you know this specific topic and ask us their opinions about something 
or 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 maybe show us a viewpoint that we didn't originally have or whatever. We're not looking to have some heated debate or argument first off, mm-hmm. but we are definitely open to having an open dialogue with anybody. Yeah. So uh, you can reach us on Twitter. Uh, what's your What's your Twitter handle? Uh, mine is at Nerdy Boy Inhuman. Mine is Captain Hot Sauce. It's CPT underscore Hot Sauce. Yeah. And then you can always just reach us through the actual Nerdy Boys reviews uh, Twitter page as well. Yeah. Even uh, like with our friend who you know we talked about who was using kind of racist language, like I let him say his piece and I didn't argue with him like even on my post on my page like i didn't argue like i'll I'll, i discuss with them i'm very respectful of other people's opinions even if i disagree with them but that's just how it is so if you guys want to have conversation we can always have conversation you can reach out to us um nerdy boys reviews officially did not put out any statement um just because i feel like it wasn't really our place to uh we both put out individual statements uh on our facebooks um and this is kind of our official statement podcast so um but yeah uh i think that wraps us up and we hope you guys enjoyed and please engage with us if you can even on our own twitter nerdy boys review and that's everything so we are your hosts i'm christian and i'm scott and we didn't prepare to end this so you guys just have a good one (laughs) all right stay uh safe and uh we love you we love you. Yay. Thanks for tuning in to the Scott and Christian Show. Dun, dun, dun.